everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. following program is a production of the Barroom Network. It is intended for all audiences. Doug Buffoon. This defense sucks. This is moronic. John Buffoon. Your best run plays are coming off end arounds. There's a problem. Doug was behind the microphone first. He never held back. Very difficult to score when your offense is on the bench. When your defense is out there giving up 70, 80, 70, 64-yard drives. Now, it's his nephew, John. And there's no holding this buffoon back either. An offensive-minded coach that's running an offense that got nine yards and a half. A beaten-up defense that isn't necessarily performing in key situations. I've had it! I have had it! I want somebody to get kicked in the ass! How many games can you rattle off that involve the team running the ball seven times and they win? I can't think of any. I don't mind you getting beat. I got my ass whipped many times. But I tell you, I took somebody down with me. Because Bears fans wanted to believe in the worst way that Chicago had a stable, competitive franchise. And this is what we got. It's Buffone 55, the John Buffone Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Buffone 55, a fast-paced approach at breaking down the Chicago Bears. I'm John Buffone, and back and better than ever is my co-host and producer, Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, I hope I'm not too rusty missing a few shows. So, I mean, I'm ready to talk all things Bears-Packers because I got a lot of feelings about that Packers game. So, uh, it's good to be back. I just wish it was on a happier note. Yeah, we all have a lot of feelings, and we're going to work through those feelings throughout the course of this show, so you're not going to want to miss this. But we do have an awesome guest lined up to us to help us better understand the defending Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who the Bears face this week. But just in case this is your first time ever listening to this show or watching this show, Alyssa, please give us a rundown on how this show actually works. Absolutely. So the phone 55 has three segments and we always start by learning about the Bears upcoming opponent from someone who follows them closely. And today we have Michael Pless from Real Bucks Talk. That's then followed by our B55 segment. That's when I ask John five questions and his responses must be completed within 55 seconds. The 55 is John's way of paying tribute to the great Doug Buffone, his uncle, his mentor, and a man who played 15 seasons with the Bears and wore number 55. We then finish things up by going into Buffone's basement where we have a Bears therapy session and work through our feelings, which we have plenty of considering we're coming off yet another loss to the Packers. But until then, John, take it away. Thank you, Alyssa. And like you said, our guest tonight, Michael Pless from Real Bucks Talk. Michael, thank you for coming back on the Buffon 55. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, John, man. It's awesome to be back on and uh, much appreciated. Absolutely. And I want to dig right into this game because 
this this is basically this could be another Super Bowl for the for for the Bears. This is it was last year was beating the Bucks was their Super Bowl. They raised a banner, they got rings for it, but the Bucks won the actual Super Bowl. So let's talk a little bit about the Bucks. They're coming into this game five and one through six games. They once again look like Super Bowl contenders. Can you give us an evaluation of this team thus far? Are they the same as last year? Better than last year? What's your take on the Bucks so far? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's definitely been interesting here in Tampa. You you would think we're like one in you know four or something like that, or you know one in five. You know d- you know based on who you you hear from and you know the fans. But yeah, I mean personally, I, I feel like this team is just starting to pe- like starting to train upwards. Uh, obviously, the offense I think is you know better. They're more efficient and more effective than they were. Uh, last year because of the chemistry uh, so they have a lot of things going well offensively defensively it's it's been a struggle just with injuries uh, you got a banged up secondary uh, the front seven has kind of started slow now they're starting to pick things up so the team uh, overall I think is is definitely um, you know getting their stride in place and they're starting to do a lot of good things uh, again Tom Brady playing remarkable and outstanding uh, he looks like an MVP uh, candidate so far. So a lot of good things, um, you know, from the offense and obviously that's the strength of our team and defensively, they're just trying to find their way and see, you know, what they can do, uh, as they get guys back healthy and hopefully can, you know, peak at the right time going into the playoffs. Uh, Tom Brady ultimately five and one against the bears, but that one loss did come last year. They were kind of able to Hold him check for the for the most part, but what can the Bears do to repeat that this year? What is Tom Brady's kryptonite, if any? What what will the Bears have to do? Yeah, really, I mean, you know, the teams that have had, you know, success in stopping Tom, it's really been the Bucks mistakes. And then also it's it's a combination of you got to get some pressure and then you got to have some bounces, you know, turnovers, you know, stuff like that to really negate the Bucks offense. Uh, you've seen like the Patriots did it. They really, they found ways to stop them inside the red zone. Uh, and then the Rams did a good job of just playing guys back. They were playing coverage uh, and really, you know, not letting the Bucks get those big explosive plays uh, and also getting ahead. I think that's, that's very important for the team, the team who's playing the Bucks. They have to get the lead and they have to find a way to, uh, you know, continue to add on to that. <laughs> Now, the, the Bears have given up 154 yards rushing against the Packers last week. Not a great showing. Tampa has eclipsed 100 yards rushing in each of the last three games. What has been the key to the success of this Tampa run game? Yeah, they've they started doing some different things schematically. They've, uh, they've implemented some like outside zone runs. Uh, they really started doing that against Miami, and it's, it's worked. You know, they're usually a heavy duo team. Uh, that means like they like to do a lot of man blocking, you know, double teams uh, up front uh, to go north and south. But they mixed it up with some more outside zone runs where uh, it's getting teams off balance. And they're not used to seeing that, you know, with the Bucks uh, running backs. And and Leonard Fournette has kind of taken, you know, the lead as far as the RB1 and, and really has played well. He's been the most consistent uh, running back on the team so far and uh, just been a little bit better. But again, it's not something... Um, that the Bucks are going to lean on again, their passing game is their strength with the receivers and weapons that they have. That's where they're going to find ways to, to score points, but they're utilizing the pass game to open up that run game. So it's been kind of a, a nice balance lately. 
Now you talked about those receivers, all three of them, uh, Evans, Brown, uh, and, and uh, the uh, Chris Godwin, all poised to get over a thousand yards receiving this year. Right. Uh, why is this receiving core so solid? Is it they play off each other well, or is it Tom Brady just being able to pick apart defenses? Yeah, I think they just do a good job of um, working together. Again, they utilize the eleven personnel, which has the three wide receivers out there a lot whether it be you know Antonio Brown uh Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, and a lot of teams are so far have been focusing on trying to double uh Mike Evans or Chris Godwin especially when Godwin is in the slot because he is pretty much the main weapon on offense that's what the Bruce Arians offense is all about we saw Larry Fitzgerald uh get a lot of numbers playing that position that Chris Godwin does so uh, teams are trying to take this two away, but the problem is when you have AB going up against a lesser opponent, whether it be the third corner or whoever they, you know, put on him, that's a mismatch. And Tom Brady's just doing a good job of just pretty much picking your poison, really uh, finding the the open man. And and uh, you know when they single Mike, then Mike's going to get the football and, and vice versa. Uh, to to accent that they they have Gronkowski there, but he's been banged up as well. Uh, what can we expect from the tight end position from, from the Buccaneers this week? Will there be any production of there? Is Gronk back? Uh, is it going to be the OJ Howard show? What can, what can Bears fans ex- expect from the tight end position? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a little concerning right now, actually, because Gronk is probably not going to play this week. And then you look at OJ Howard, he came up with an ankle injury today. So hoping like he's going to be okay to play this week. He had his best game last week against the Eagles. Uh, so, and then we also have Cameron Bray who, you know, is pretty consistent, but, uh, really just a, a receiving tight end. You're not going to really ask him to block a lot. OJ's a little bit more versatile where he can block, uh, you know, on the line or he can go out and, and catch passes. So, uh, tight ends, um, it, it's been a position where it's kind of like the lat, like it's not the go-to option. Um, it, it's, it's just, a, a nice luxury to have when they are open and they make plays. Uh, so I wouldn't wouldn't expect a heavy workload from them, but again, it's just something you have to be aware of because they still are very good. Without a doubt. And, and the Bears, I think, going into this game, they would like to uh, lean on their strength, which is the pass rush. They could right. be without Robert Quinn going in this game because he's on the COVID uh, reserve list. Is there anywhere on that offensive line that can be exploited? Because the Bucks' offensive line has fared pretty well so far this year. Are there any weak spots that the Bears could potentially exploit through the middle, on the edges? Give us some hope, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is you know definitely the, the strongest point, like you said, the Bears' defense up front. That front seven is very good, and that's where they're going to have to win their matchup. They're really going to have to make it difficult uh, in the run game, and then also finding ways to pressure Tom Brady. And the best way to do that is right up the middle. Uh, so you have to win up front with your defensive tackles, you know, Akeem Hicks, et cetera. Guys like that, they have to get in there and, and make things happen. Uh, and, and that's really where I think you could find your matchup. Alex Kappa, the right guard, uh, has been a little inconsistent, especially in pass protection. I think you should utilize a lot of like, you know, stunt games, you know, you know, get your defensive ends rotating inside, you know, doing a lot of things where get that offensive line moving a little bit. I think you can find, you know, some success there. The tackles, uh, Donovan Smith and, and Tristan Wirfs have been pretty solid so far this year, playing at a high level. 
you know, obviously the Khalil Mack versus Tristan Wirfs. I'm very interested to see because uh, that was a matchup last year where, you know, Tristan got really his, you know, welcome to the NFL moment uh, by Khalil Mack. So that should be, you know, something to, to look for uh, definitely in this week. Let's switch sides of the ball now because the Bucks have been hit with a barrage of injuries uh, across the across the defense in general. But uh, yeah. they're five and one through the first six games. Has the defense risen to the occasion? Uh, what is it, and what does that say about the defense if they have been able to overcome some of these injuries? Yeah, definitely. I, I think they're definitely a resilient bunch. Uh, they have found ways to make big plays when it matters. I will say that like they find ways to get the turnovers. That's what they were doing early in the season against the Cowboys and the Falcons. Uh, the Rams, obviously that was their worst game. They just couldn't, they just didn't have an answer for that offense uh, and Matthew Stafford. Uh, and then the last couple of weeks, Patriots and the Dolphins and obviously um, the Eagles, you know, facing a little bit of lesser quarterback pool, again, young quarterbacks and a, a backup quarterback as well. Uh, they've, you know, teams really just don't run the football against us because we're so good at stopping it. So a lot of teams are just throwing the football and yeah, they're getting yards, but I think what the bucks are doing better is they're not allowing those big plays behind them. They're coming up and making tackles and, and, you know, really just trying to force the other teams into mistakes and, you know, they made big plays when they have to and, and got the ball back to the offense. You mentioned that run defense, obviously a big strength of the Bucks defense, but that's what the Bears have been trying to do for the last couple of weeks is establish the run. Yeah. Uh, as Bears fans, you're a little afraid that if you can't establish that run game, Justin Fields is going to have to throw the ball 45 times. Uh, what does this Bucks run defense do so well? And if it's the Khalil Herbert show again, running the ball for the Bears, uh, are they going to run into some problems? It, it will be difficult. I'll just say that. I mean, the Bucks defense, the, the, the front seven, uh, that's what they do really well. I mean, when you have Vita Vea, you have Indomit Sue, guys like that, that can just take up four offensive linemen, you know, with themselves. I mean, that causes a lot of issues. So they're just very consistent and, and filling their gaps. They're not um, out of position, you know, a lot. They do a good job of just coming downhill and making sure, you know, you're not going to run the football against us. We're going to make you one dimensional and and try to you know get after the quarterback and and that's what todd bowles is all about he's just he wants to get those big plays he wants to get the you know the turnovers the pick sixes fumbles all that stuff uh that's what he believes in now let's turn to from the run the run defense to the pass rush justin fields is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the nfl at least from his from a bears uh, fan's point of view if he does have to drop back 35 40 times what can the Bears offensive line expect from the pass rush? Uh, how are they How are they at getting home when the quarterback is trying to get rid of the ball? Yeah, the, the pass rush is, is starting to come along. Uh, it's It's been better in the last couple of weeks. I think we have nine sacks over these last three games, which is an improvement. Uh, they're getting, you know, Shaq Barrett, I think, has been playing really well. Uh, he's got a lot of pressures this this season. Uh, unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to finish, finish the sacks, and that's a the case with a lot of our guys um, we're getting pressure we're making the quarterback move uh and, and this week is going to be very tough you got to make sure you keep justin fields inside the pocket because he's so athletic uh and he can run around make plays uh so it's going to be a challenge and you know using i think khalil herbert out of the backfield in the receiving game i think that's something to look for uh really utilizing the short passing game 
uh, is definitely where you can find success if you're the Bears offense because that is definitely uh, the weakness right now for the Bucks defense. They, it's just it's a vulnerable spot in their scheme where you can hit the flats and, and get a lot of yards that way, control the clock. Uh, that's really what the Bears did last year against us, and I, I think it's going to be something that they're going to try again and you know see how it plays out. Uh, this is kind of a off the wall question, but is the level of pettiness that Tom, that, uh, Tom Brady can have sometimes it's like that Michael Jordan effect. He'll just put a chip on his shoulder, even if there's not one there. And I think he's been carrying around some of those things for a long time. The fact that he lost to the bears last year and he was the, you know, the confusing put up putting up the four fingers. Like he thought it was fourth down. Uh, is that enough to motivate him to try to run up the score on the bears this year? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, he's going to have the team ready and they're going to be motivated. Uh, you know, definitely last year's game was, you know, the worst game of the season for, for the Buccaneers. Um, and obviously the bear, you got to give the credit to the bears. They did a lot of good things in that game executed at a pretty good level and made plays when they had to, uh, down the stretch. Uh, so, you know, discipline, you know, not having penalties like they did in last year's game, that's going to be a focal point. Uh, but yeah, Tom is, uh, he's definitely going to have that look in his eye, I'm sure. Um, cause he just, you know, he just doesn't like losing and doesn't like losing twice to, you know, the same team. Yeah. I was hoping you weren't going to say that, but <laughs> we, it is, it is what it is. Uh, before yeah. I kick you over to Alyssa, I got to ask about the special teams. We love talking special teams on this podcast. So, uh, if, if the bears fans had to look at a highlight on the special teams, whether it's the kicker, the long snapper, a gunner a placeholder uh, spotlight somebody on the Bucks special teams unit that we can keep our eye on. Well, it'd be interesting because we're going to have a new returner uh, this week's game. We're going to have Jalen Darden in there. Who's our fourth round rookie uh, from this year's draft class. So that'll be something to look for. You know, is he um, consistent catching the football back there? Obviously they, they trust him enough to make that promotion. So that's just something to keep your eye on. Like, is he going to try to do too much? And does, does the bears take advantage of that and force a turnover? So those things, I, I think, definitely, you know, have your eye on and see how he's going to play the game. How aggressive is he going to be, uh, you know, returning punts and kickoffs? All right. I'm going to throw you over to Alyssa. Alyssa, we're going to see if uh, I think Aldo ruined your audio on the first one because he's a little jealous that you got your spot back. Let's hope that your all that your audio is all fixed. You got any questions for Michael? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Y yeah, much, I think we're good. Hey, much yeah. better. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Okay. So Michael, so we talked a little bit about some of those big name players that could have, or will probably have a big impact on this game, but is there an under the radar player that bears fans should be, should take notice of? Well, I was going to say OJ Howard and hopefully, you know, he, he does play this week because he was really coming on last week against the Eagles. Uh, and that's definitely a, a matchup. I think the books want to uh, take advantage of, you know, him against, you know, the bears linebackers and, and safeties and, and try to get him, you know, into the second level behind the linebackers with the play action passing game and, and utilize him. So definitely he's someone to look for. Um, and then I guess on the other side of the ball, if you just to name another one would be Jamel Dean, uh, our cornerback who's kind of stepped into the, the cornerback one uh, role. And he, he did pretty well last week against the Eagles. And, you know, now he's got a big matchup against Allen Robinson and, you know, that would be, I think, a matchup to, to look for and see if, you know, the Bears can take advantage of that or if Jamel Dean is going to have, you know, success like he did last week. 
So heading into this game, I have to admit I'm very, very nervous. Uh, I'm getting like Browns vibes from a few weeks ago, which terrifies me. So I'm asking as someone that's convinced that the Bears have no chance to win this game. Convince me, Michael, how can the how do the Bears have a chance to upset the Bucks? Yeah, I think I think you just kind of keep the same game plan that you you had last year against us. Like I said on offense, I think you just got to play it smart. Uh, you know, running the football, I think can still be a thing, but you have to do it in a creative way. Uh, you're not just going to run it up the middle against us. So you have to find ways to get our defense flowing one way and attack the other because we are a very aggressive front. Uh, so misdirection and stuff like that can have success at times. Uh, and then utilizing that misdirection with the play action passing game, uh, get Justin Fields out outside of the pocket, give him one to two reads where it makes it easier on him to throw the football. Uh, and, and make his decision making quicker in, in, in doing that. Because I think if you just let him sit back there in the pocket and try to read the field consistently, it, it's going to be tough because of the push that our defensive front can get uh, in the pocket and it will, you know, it will rattle him, get him off, off his game. So I think you got to find ways to get him comfortable early uh, and then, you know, continue to move the chains, control the clock, obviously try to keep our offense off the field, the Bucks offense. And, and, and do it that way. And then defensively, it, it's tougher because you got to pick your poison. Do you play coverage or do you come after Tom Brady? Uh, and you got to find a way to do a little bit of both. So you have to win with your front four and then maximize coverage in the back end. It's easier said than done because Tom gets rid of the football so fast. You're like He just knows how to read it so quickly. Uh, but from that game plan, I think that's that's the way you have to go, and hopefully you can score some points, get some lucky bounces turnovers wise, and see if uh, you know you can win it in the end uh, at the game. You know, end of the game. Yes, hopefully score some points. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> but before I, before we get you out of here, I got to get your prediction for the game. Although I'm pretty sure we all know where you're leaning, but mm -hmm. humble us. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 31 to 20 Buccaneers. Wow. Bears uh, 20 points. That, yeah, I was going to say Bears have scored 20 <laughs> points. That's that's a lot nicer than we thought you were going to be there. But uh, Well, I'm just, we... I'm just saying, I, I mean, the Bears, I think they, they'll be able to move the football a little bit in this game, obviously because of you know our, our injuries in the secondary. Uh, I, I think they'll be able to score some points, like I said. And, you know, it's just can they score enough? Can they get consistently get into, you know, if they can find a way to get in the 30s, then obviously you have a chance. Um but it, it's, it's, again, easier said than done. Yeah, the Packers didn't have their two starting cornerbacks last week either, and they, they couldn't do crap against them. So that's neither here nor there. But uh, I I appreciate you uh, at least humoring us a little bit and give us, uh, giving us a little crease of spot, uh, giving us a little crease of hope because the rest of the listeners are not going to get it from us for the rest of the show. So we appreciate you bringing that positivity. But, uh, Michael, before we get you out of here, please let our listeners, our viewers know where they can find your stuff, where they can interact with you on social media because you got a lot of good stuff cooking up. No, I appreciate it. And guys, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, and yeah, I, I try to be positive again. I've seen a lot of Bucks football, so I know it's any given Sunday. I guess I'm not used to this Tom Brady, you know, led football team where, you know, we're on it. We're on the attention to details and, you know, we play Chris football. I've just, it's only been a year. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm still in withdrawal from, you know, the previous decade. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can find, I mean, if you want to hear some just Bucks football or NFL talk, I mean, we talk about other teams too, but yeah, Real Bucks Talk, uh, YouTube channel, 
uh, check us out. It's a live stream every Monday, 9 p.m. And we also do uh, film studies of the, the previous week's game. And then we also do college breakdowns as well through the offseason. So we got a lot of stuff uh, going on on the channel. And uh, again, thank you guys so much for having me. This was uh, really fun. Absolutely. And you got to get used to that Tom Brady football. He's not playing until he's like 55 years old. So you got you to get, get used to it. He's never going to retire. He's all yours for the, for the rest of eternity. So enjoy it. Enjoy the quarterback while you got it. We're yeah. going to try to do the same. But uh, yeah. once again, Michael Pless from Real Bucks Dog, we, we really appreciate you being on. We'll talk to you down the road. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. Take care. Take care. We'll be, bored. We'll be back with more Buffon 55 right after this. Barroom Network presents two fired up Bears fans. They are ready to rumble on the Bear Debate. Buffon 55. Now it's time for our B55 segment. That's when I ask John five questions and his responses must be completed within 55 seconds. The 55 is John's tribute to the great Doug Buffon, his uncle, who played 15 seasons with the Bears and wore number 55. So John, we're coming off another Packers loss. Are you mentally prepared for this? As much as I can be. Let's let's, let's give it a shot. So, John, you didn't get to watch the Bears-Packers game live. Bless your heart. You had about 24 hours to prepare yourself for what you had to watch. So did that help or hurt your outlook on this game? Your 55 seconds starts now. Look, if I'm being honest, I'm glad I didn't watch it live. I didn't have to sit through that game for three hours only to be let down like we always are against the Packers. Uh, I had a full night's sleep to mentally prepare for what I was going to have to watch. It's the same song and dance. Hang tough for a half. Be in the game in the third quarter. But it's never enough. So instead of just screaming at my TV, I was in a very accepting state of zen where I knew exactly what I was getting into. It's like when people ask you if you could know the exact date and time that you're going to die, would you want to know? Well, in this case, I knew when the game was going to look hopeful, but I also knew just when the wheels were going to fall off. And I knew when all the extracurriculars were going to occur. So I don't think I'm going to make it a habit of waiting, you know, 17, 18, 19 hours before watching the game. But in this instance, I think it might have helped me mentally and physically. 
First off, I envy you because watching it live always, it's just like, it's different when it's the Packers, you know, yes. obviously the, the fact that Aaron Rodgers does in fact own the Bears and we just been on the wrong side of, of this rivalry for most of our lives. Yes. And so like watching it live, like you were talking about, like you sat down, you knew exactly when they were going to try to get your hopes up and I was there. I'm like, nope, yep. not going to let them get my hopes up this time. Nope, not this time. And then when they cut, when Justin Fields drove them down the field 80 yards and they came to within three, I was like, crap. They gave me hope. And then they did what they did best and no, disappointed me. So it's like, I mean, it's like reading the book. I, I envy it's, you. It's like, re it's like reading the book before you go see the movie. You know exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. So we had to talk offense. Offensively, the Bears sputtered, nothing that we're not used to already. And despite some flashes, they couldn't get anything consistent going throughout the game and only managed 14 points. For you, what was the most disappointing aspect of the Bears offense? Hey, 55 seconds, start now. I guess my biggest disappointment was not being able to take advantage of a supposed weakness with the Green Bay defense. Their cornerbacks were all banged up. They were without their two starters. And if there was ever a game that Allen Robinson was going to jumpstart his season with, it was going to be this one. But he only managed four catches for 53 yards. And whether it's on Robinson or it's on scheme, that just shouldn't happen. And if this was Allen Robinson, if that's what he's going to be, all year, the Bears offense is in a bigger hole than we thought it was in. So it might also spell the end of Allen Robinson's tenure as a Chicago Bear. Sure, this might hurt his price tag on the open market, but I also think teams are very aware of the deficiencies in the Bears offense and in their coaching staff, and they're still going to go after Allen Robinson in the offseason. So I just really thought you'd see more production out of him against the Packers. It's just a big disappointment. You want your number one receiver to put up number one receiver statistics, and he didn't do that. Yeah, it's been so very uncharacteristic of Allen Robinson because we've seen him put up some big numbers with some bad offenses. And I think just the biggest disappointment for me overall was that they had an opportunity to win this game. They should have won this game, especially when you look at their first scoring drive and you look at their last scoring drive and just how efficiently they were able to move the ball down the field. And it's like, why can't you get more of that? If they had been able to do that on a consistent basis and they were facing a Packers defense that was banged up, if there was ever a time to beat them, it was going to be now before mm -hmm. everyone comes back healthy. And they couldn't do it. They looked good for two series and that was it. And it's just more of the same with the offense. They seem to be getting worse every year under Matt Nagy. And it's just like, when is enough enough? He's a guru, Alyssa. God trust him. He knows what he's doing. I'm waiting for the wise, right? It's all about, about yeah. the wise. We're all just sorting through and looking <laughs> for the wise, but I bet they're having a hell of a week of practice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, John, we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers' comments about owning the Bears, which I'm sure you saw before you even sat down uh, to yeah. watch that game. Uh, we all know what he said after scoring that touchdown, and it's hard to argue that he doesn't own the Bears because he does. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Aaron's comments? 55 seconds and go. <sighs> Look, I'm I'm only angry because he's he's right. He's 21 and 5 against the Bears all time. The Packers in general have owned the Bears for the last 3 decades. I said this on the Bear Debate last night, but at one point in 1992, the Bears tied the record for the biggest lead in this series. They led the Packers in this all-time series by 24 games. That is 12 years worth of games they were ahead. Flash forward Fast forward, any kind of forward to 2021, the Bears trail in the series by seven games. 
You want to be mad about Aaron Rodgers' comments? Go ahead, but don't be mad at Aaron Rodgers because if the tables were turned, you would love saying that crap to Green Bay. You know who you should be mad at? The Chicago Bears. Hey, McCaskey family. Hey, Ted Phillips. Hey, Ryan Pace. Hey, Matt Nagy. Even your fans are getting clowned by the Packers now. They're so bored with beating your players' ass up and down the field that they're directly talking to the fans now. Yeah, that was the thing. It's It was hard to be – like, you're mad in the moment because, like, yeah, he's disrespecting you. But he's right. And I think that's what everyone is so upset about. And like you said, just imagine, like, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic at this point. Imagine, like, 10 years down the road, Aaron Rodgers is retired or gone at least from Green Bay. Justin Fields has been owning the Packers, and he goes up into Lambeau Field, and he decides to say the same thing. Like, Bears fans would eat that up. Uh, so, I mean, it's just frustrating, especially – against the Packers and I know for like you and I John like we've just seen a lot of losses to the Packers and you were rattling off that stat about how they were like uh what was it uh 12 seasons 12 worth of years reading 12 years, 12 years. I was like what <laughs> I was just like this and one. they and they they pissed it away in three decades oh. It's it's not it's it's not even close. Go back and look at the all-time series and how it breaks down. They haven't even come close to winning a decade of series since they won one in the one in the eighties. And then when Favre came in, then it was over. Then Rodgers took over. And I get it. You have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back. That doesn't mean that your team has to be so bad in that thirty years. You the the problem is the Bears couldn't keep couldn't hold serve. They couldn't have a they couldn't have a quarterback that was even close to that. So you lose that many games, and all of a sudden you're down seven games? It's just pathetic. It's just three decades of utter mediocrity, and mediocrity is being generous. I think the one like bright spot that we can hopefully cling to is at least Jordan Love isn't a Hall of Fame quarterback, because they can't get lucky and get three straight. It's just not going to happen, I, so I, I'm clinging yeah. to that. <laughs> Yeah, I if that happens, I, I got to reevaluate what I'm doing with my life because I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't be able to take another 15 years of that. But I, I, I'm much more confident that Justin Fields can be a Hall of Famer than I am Jordan Love at this point. Exactly. You know, so the Bears have a pretty tough road ahead of them as far as the schedule goes, and that starts obviously with Tom Brady and the Bucks on Sunday. So, what is your biggest concern for this week and beyond? The clock starts when you do. Well. I, I guess in the short term, I'm pretty concerned about the Tampa defense. If the Bears plan on establishing the run game, that might be a tad tricky. The Bucks have the best run defense in the league and only give up an average of 55 yards per game. Now, as much as I love that number, that's not what I want to see in the yardage column. Uh, so we could see a lot of three and outs, and things could look really, really ugly. And Justin Fields could have to throw the ball 45 times, as I'm sure Matt Nagy would love, but I don't think that's going to do very well for the offense. So beyond this game, I am worried that Matt Nagy is going to use a few losses to come and dear the play calling again. Uh, and I guess I'm just having a really bad internal struggle about something. So I need everybody to just bear with me. Is Bill Lazor a good play caller, or is Matt Nagy such a bad play caller that it makes average look like Bill Walsh? I'm really, truly struggling with that. So, so moving forward, I'm just concerned that I'm living in this meaningless blank state of existence where it really doesn't matter what the Chicago Bears do. I, I may be reading too many philosophy books, but that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. Well, no, to answer your question, it is that Matt Nagy is so bad that he makes the laser look good. And we've seen yeah. that because, you know, kind of looking at over the last few weeks and they kind of, I've kind of noticed this trend where when there's a good play call, Bears fans are like, oh yeah, that's Bill Laser. When it's bad, oh, it's Matt Nagy calling the play calls. He's not calling plays right now. That's all laser. 
And, you know, it's some of the same frustrating things, but Matt Nagy is just so bad that just yeah. having like a, a average or mediocre play caller is just so much better because we've been playing with the worst in the league, most likely. Uh, but, you know, like so you low. said, exactly. And kind of like you said, looking ahead to like this week and beyond, I mean, just I have a, I have this weird feeling I'm getting Browns flashbacks. I, I'm like afraid this game's going to turn into that Browns game again. I don't want to see Justin Fields sacked nine times. I don't want to see all that happening. They they do have a tough stretch of games coming up, but there are some that they can win. And if they are able to kind of squeak out some wins and maybe at the end of the year, if they have, if they're what, eight, nine or God, nine and eight or whatever, you know, I'm afraid that that's going to be kind of cause for Matt Nagy to kind of stick around. So, uh, I mean, obviously the main concern is this week against Tampa and that defense, you know, there's only so much that our, that the Bears defense can kind of keep them in the game. The offense has to start scoring points. If they can't score more than 14 against Green Bay, there's no way in hell they're going to be able to do it against Tampa. Listen, I was somewhat, I don't want to say confident, but I was somewhat hopeful against uh, Green Bay just because of the situation, the injuries, and, you know, they could potentially squeeze out a victory against the Packers. I was at least a bit hopeful. Um, For one reason or another, I don't feel that way at all this week. I I just do not feel that way at all. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they do pull some of that magic out that they did last year and beat the Buccaneers. I just have a really bad feeling about this particular game but I guess that's why they play the games we'll see in a couple days you know hey maybe they should have Nick Foles be the backup quarterback throw him in <laughs> and yeah. just kind of roll him out like in case they need him at the very end just roll him out there let him do what he throw does best with Tom Brady <laughs> he does, that's what he does best he beats Tom Brady well let's do a little Chicago special you know a little Chicago yeah exactly <laughs> So the game against the Packers was a symbolic measuring stick for the Bears last Sunday, and it's pretty clear they came up short. Uh, but for but they are currently three and three, which is not great, not terrible, but probably in line with what we expected at this point. Is something going to give at some point, or is this just what the Bears are going to give us in 2021? No clock for this one, John. Take it away. I think we are at a point where we have to accept what the Chicago Bears are. Uh, We, and I say we because I do it too, are constantly trying to find a crease where maybe, just maybe, the Bears are actually better than we expect. We see a tiny crack of sunlight and we think, this team's turned a corner. But they haven't. They're an average team with some solid talent. They can beat bad teams and they can be competitive against other borderline playoff teams. But they'll also give you a reason to be hopeful sometimes. They did beat the Buccaneers last season. But ultimately, like DMX once said, let a dog roam and he'll find his way home. What the Bears are right now is what has been wrong with them for over 30 years. Just aim to be competitive and do your best to be average. And maybe we should just accept that because the front office sure as hell did. We'll be right back with Buffone's Basement.
Welcome back to Buffone 55. It's time to jump into Buffone's basement. That's where Alyssa and I welcome our old captain, Aldo Gondia, back into the bar room to talk a little bit about our beloved Chicago Bears. Aldo, how you doing? You feeling pretty good? I'm feeling great. I'm starting, just starting to get over the pain of losing to the Packers and going through the humiliation that Aaron Rodgers has put us through. Not completely over it. Who knows? Maybe never over it, but uh, I'm feeling better about uh, – I'm actually feeling a little bit better about the Bears team, and we'll talk about that uh, in the basement. I, I won't hog up this the opening of the third segment. Well, well you, you brought up the uh, the Rodgers comments, so I got to lead with that, and then we'll put it to bed. Uh, how do you feel, first of all, about those comments and two – how the bears reacted to it as far when i say bears i mean matt nagy well how do you how do you basically brushing it off right well and the players uh today spoke out about it cole Komet and a couple of other players and they basically you know brushed it off and shrugged it off which is what they should do publicly but hopefully inside like chubb said in the chat room a little while ago I hope that they're seething, that they're pissed off, and that they're going to go out with a controlled aggression uh, this week against Tom Brady and use that to motivate them. And I hope that the coaching staff is using that to motivate them. I mean, come on. There are certain things about the game of football that are just never going to change. There's tackling, there's passing, there's running, and there's getting pissed off at your opponent. And that's what they should be uh, be, that's how they should be behaving this week. But again, it has to be a controlled aggression, controlled chaos when they get out there on the football field. And hopefully we can put the Aaron Rodgers comments behind us and talk about the surprise uh, that we beat Brady again two years in a row. Alyssa, Tom Brady obviously pouring some more gasoline on the fire by congratulating Aaron Rodgers for owning stock in the Chicago Bears. So uh, do you think that that at least gives the outlet to the Bears to say, well, we're, we're really pissed off at Aaron Rodgers, but then Tom Brady goes and, you know, reinforces it. Let's get super pissed off at Tom Brady and see if we can get after him. Does that add any kind of added, uh, you know, uh, motivation going into Sunday? I mean, like Aldo was saying, you would hope so, at least privately in the locker room. They're not obviously you don't want them to, you know, cost, you know, cost the team any yards with penalties. And because they, they already have enough trouble as it is moving the ball on their own or or, or holding uh, opposing offenses. So, I mean, you want to kind of going back to like to the Aaron Rodgers comments to kind of hoping that that was the last time. And because some I heard like my dad was telling me he was like, it kind of looks like like the fact that he made, he did that at Soldier Field this time, maybe it was an indication this is the last time he's going to be playing at Soldier Field. So he kind of wanted to kind of let, you know, just let it out there for mm -hmm. while he could. Again, that's the hope. With, with our luck, he'll be back. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, you hope that they do take that into this game against Tom Brady. You know, they did bring a lot of pressure on him last year, and they're going to have to bring, you know, have a similar game plan defensively. And now you have a better pass rush. I mean, that's assuming Robert Quinn's going to be ready, but you can't at this point because he's on the, the COVID list. But, you know, you really hope that that's used as extra motivation, especially in a game that everyone's already counting them out. When you're 13 and a half underdogs to open, mm -hmm. like yeah. that's just saying you got no chance at all. Yeah, I, I agree that it could give you some extra motivation. Here, here's the problem with that. If you're motivated, that doesn't mean you're a better team. 
You can have all the motivation in the world and still get your ass kicked. I can go in as motivated as I want and say, I'm going to win the heavyweight championship of the world. Guess what? I'm going to last about 13 seconds <laughs> and then I'm going to be on the floor. So all the motivation in the world doesn't mean jack squat if you don't have a game plan that can win the ball game. It doesn't mean a damn thing if you're so motivated that you pick up stupid penalties by you know after the whistle. It doesn't mean a damn thing if you can't get protection for your quarterback. It doesn't mean a damn thing if, you're, if your offensive game plan is so weak that you can't score more than 14 points you can be the most motivated loser in the world doesn't matter still a loser so I, the, the motivation part i get it i wish they would have been a little more i wish they would have been a little more publicly pissed off about it though you know why because the fans have to know that the chicago bears still care about that rivalry i want to know that the chicago bears still care but i want to know that matt nagy still cares about that rivalry. I want to hear George McCaskey say, I don't like that. This is We're going to go back and we're going to retool and we're going to make sure we change the change the flow of this rivalry. I want to know that it actually means something to somebody because, uh, because I know that it might not because a lot of these players didn't grow up in Chicago. They didn't grow up Chicago Bears fans, but I want them to care about this. This is a 100-year-old rivalry where this game is a lot more important than, uh, than all the other ones on the schedule. I don't care that Matt Nagy can say this is just another game or the play can say it's just another game it's not it's not just another game so I, I want I wanted them to see a little I wanted them to see a little more fired up about it and I although you always reference Lovey Smith one of the first things he ever said was I'm here to beat Green Bay that's what I want to hear mm-hmm. that's what I want to see I want to mm-hmm. see I want to see a fire lit under your ass that you care about losing this game do you care that you're losing more and more position in this rivalry every time you play the Packers do you care or do you not? Because right now, when you come out publicly and just say, him, ha, well, yeah, well, he kind of hit whatever, you, you, you're, you don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you have some, you have enough pride to care about winning a game, but this isn't just a game. It's the Packers. And maybe we're just talking too much from a fan's point of view because we care more, but I shouldn't, I don't like the fact that I, I care more than the players. I don't want, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel like I care more about the Packers game than the actual players do. So at least fake it. <laughs> at least at least pretend like it means more to you. So I I want I want this, and I get it. It's they're businessmen, but they're football players. This isn't just like any other business. You you are paid to be aggressive. You are paid to go out there and win something. And to Chubb's point in the chat room, where it's not just another game to Aaron Rodgers, I bet your ass he wouldn't say that if he was playing. I don't know. He would the Lions. I bet. I bet if he. I bet he wouldn't be doing that if he was. If he was uh, p- playing uh, the, the Falcons, <laughs> like th- th- he's doing it because it's the Bears. He right. did that because it sold your field, and he knows that it's going to sting more to the fans. He gets it. I wish we would too. But one encouraging thing were the comments made by Justin Fields after the game. I mean, he was his typical stoic self, uh, but there is this certain aura that that young man gives out that makes you believe, I'm not going to say much. I'm just, but I'm keeping notes. I'm watching. I'm learning. I'm going to focus on myself, but there's going to come a time here where I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove beyond the shadow of doubt that I'm one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the NFL, and I'm going to lead my team. That's the aura that he gives out, and I wish more of the players did that. One other encouraging thing that I've seen and heard is Khalil Mack. 
when I was at the Cleveland game and he suffered that injury, I mean, he came back, very courageous performance, and I saw him in the sideline really pepping up his fellow defense and offense. Saw that again the following week at Soldier Field with uh, against the Detroit Lions. And then uh, uh, I read that one of the things uh, his outside linebackers coach said that one of the things that Khalil is doing this year that he may not have been doing in past seasons, which is visualizing plays uh, 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 what could potentially happen in the upcoming game and that he didn't do a lot of visual reps in the past, which is his way now of kind of compensating for the fact that he's not practicing, but the visual reps help make up for that kind of, uh, you know, lack of muscle repetition that uh, most, uh, most all athletes need in order to excel. Yeah, it prom- and I don't think anyone's going to question Khalil's, uh, Khalil Mack's uh, dedication to the game and and some of the other players on there. Uh, just collectively, you'd like to just see that fire under a team. And, and that kind of leads into the next topic of discussion where today we saw Jalen Johnson post his fine that he got for showing up late. Uh, he got fined what $2,400 or something like that, $2,700 in between. So, uh, something, a pretty substantial fine for the common folk, but maybe not for Jalen Johnson. Uh, and then he posted, which got a lot of feedback from people. Uh, is this a way of showing? And people were saying that, oh, this just shows that Matt Nagy's losing the losing the locker room. Now, that, that's a pretty serious uh, thought. But um, to, to when Matt Nagy was asked about it, he basically said he had not seen it and he's going to address it and kind of smirked. Uh, Alyssa, d- is this a big nothing? Is this just us having something to talk about? Or the fact that your best cornerback is, you know, posting that he's not happy that he got fined on Twitter uh, is something. I mean, you hope it's nothing because it just kind of sounds just silly. I mean, I I don't know what time they're supposed to be there, but it sounded like he was like a minute late. But that's whatever time he's supposed to report, that's between him and Matt Nagy. It should have just been a thing. Okay, you were late. You have to pay the fine. You know the rules. This is your second year and be done with it. And, you know, he did really kind of stir the pot a little bit by posting it on social media. Uh, but, I mean, you really hope it's it's nothing. I guess we'll see as the season goes along because things could get a lot uglier, especially in the coming weeks with the schedule that they have. I mean, it, I mean, it kind of got a, l- a little ugly a few weeks ago, obviously, after the Cleveland game. And, you know, I thought that was going to be the moment where you started to kind of see him lose the locker room. And, you know, they've kind of really stuck – they've stuck behind him, at least publicly – uh, so, I mean, I don't, at this moment, I don't really see it being anything, but then again, that could certainly change between now and the end of the season. What do you think, yeah. Aldo? Yeah, you know, you hate to see a player uh, take inside business outside to the public, and I'm sure that's what Matt Nagy has, has told him. I do think that it is an indication that the uh, locker room is fractured, and, you know, there has been, it's undeniable, and I, and I know it's undeniable because I've seen it here for almost every year that I've been following the Bears since the 1960s, and that is that there is an us versus them mentality with the defense and the offense. The offense has never, ever held their share of the burden at the same time that the Bears' defense has, and it's the Bears' defense that's always holding up their share of the bargain. So when 
things like this happen. This guy is late and so forth, and he's being fined, and then he's seeing things happen with the offense, that they're coddled, that they're babied, that the head coach is always talking about them first and foremost and not giving enough credit to the defense other than with these same words, these this broken record uh, uh, post uh, press conferences that Nagy holds. It, it, you got to wonder, you know, is is the defense has already been mad at him. Is this now going to spread throughout the entire roster? And the only way we're going to find that out is at the end of the season because we're stuck with Matt Nagy for 2021. And I think there's still this underlying, I don't want to call it resentment, but feeling that we talked about some of those players that were on the 2018 squad when Matt Nagy came in and, you know, 2019, 2020 and this year where it's like, hey, man, we've been carrying your ass for the last three years. What are you doing? What do you do? You're going to fi- find me? You're going to talk bad about us? Because if, if you're you're the offensive guru, but the only reason your ass hasn't been canned is because we've kept you in the games for the last five, four or five, three or four years. The games have been close because the defense, your offense, which you came in to revolutionize, has gotten worse as the years go by. And you're still the head coach. You're welcome you're the one part of the team that you don't really have anything to do with has been the reason you still have a job. So I'm sure there isn't a resentment there. I'm sure there's a feeling that thinks, dude, cut us a break because we sure as hell cut you one. We're, we're the reason you're still here. That's right. And so so I'm sure, I'm sure there's a tiny fracture, at least a tiny fracture in, in the locker room because the defense – probably feels like it's the only reason this team's been competitive in the last couple of years. Uh, that being said, let's talk about the 2021 season as it stands. The Bears, despite the fact up and down, up and down, up and down, they're three and three. And I guess you could say they're on par for what we thought they were going to be. They've won the games we thought they might be able to win, and they've lost the games we assumed they, they were going to lose. Now they go into a, a stretch of the schedule where, you know, Tampa's going to be tough. I have a really bad feeling about Tampa. But then they they play San Fran, who hasn't really peaked at where we thought they were going to be. And I've said since the beginning, I've, I think I've been saying since July, they're going to beat the Steelers on Monday night. I will I will just own that right now. I, w- I will say right now the Bears are going to beat the Steelers on Monday night football in Pittsburgh. And you know what? I'm going to be at that game, so they better damn well win that game. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, like I said, they're in a big heart of their schedule where Tampa's tough. San Fran, maybe I'm, I don't feel great about it, but maybe either I beat the Steelers and then then you got Baltimore. Don't love that. I think they can beat the I think they can beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. Cardinals don't love that. Don't love going into Lambeau. Uh, the Vikings, I think they can split the series with them throughout the year. Uh, Seattle, depending on what Russell Wilson's uh, health is like. Uh, and then the Giants, yeah, I think they can beat. They're going to beat the Giants. But right, right on there, you think you can maybe squeeze out one, two, three, four, five wins, maybe more, which would put them at eight and nine. Is it? Is it do I hear any loud objections there? Where we the Bears could potentially go eight and nine? Yeah, I see Alyssa shaking her head. No, so. <laughs> I'm, I, I just noticed the rocket ships were back, by the way. I forgot yeah, about that. I love that, that rocket. I love the spaceship <laughs> graphic, yeah. <laughs> those are our little uh, the primetime games, the spotlight. The spotlight. <laughs> rocket ships. Uh, maybe I should change that. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> no, I, I agree w- with you, John. It does look like, um, you know, 
this team had the, the great rookie season for Matt Nagy from a one loss perspective. And then it's been 800 in the two seasons since. And I suspect that this season they're going to probably be below 500 because that's the way things have been trending. Even last year when they made the playoffs, that didn't really feel like a playoff team. You know, we we were ho- we always have our hopes that this is the week where they'll find their offensive identity and blah, blah, blah. And it never happens. And so what is going on with this offense is that We've got. We definitely have enough to win uh, uh, more games with the defense. It's the offense is just not pulling their weight, and we'll be frankly lucky to beat some of the teams that you mentioned, John. But you know, at at the same time, you you have to hope that there is going to be that logical progression. We know that Justin Fields is going to make fewer mistakes from week to week to week. You know, he had two outstanding drives against the Green Bay Packers this past Sunday. Can he make it three this upcoming week against the Tampa Bay Bucks? Can he make it four against the San Francisco 49ers? And then can he have that same consistency of four or five excellent drives week to week? If that's the case, then maybe, you know, we'll be surprised. Maybe they'll make it back into the playoffs, and we've got Matt Nagy again in 2022. <laughs> That's my fear. Also, John, I feel like we should do a bet because you're, like, just, like, you know, saying they're going to beat the Steelers. I feel like this yeah. is, like, we need to have a bet going on. Like, he has to wear, like, a Steelers jersey or something on the show. Well, depending on who the guest is, if we, we could maybe have a little bit of fun with this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. we got to see if they play the next week. Oh, I think it's yeah. a. I think that's a bye week. That's a bye week. Yeah, that is a bye week. I might oh, if, they, if, they lo- if they if they lose to the Steelers, then I'm going to need that bye week because <laughs> I've I been I have been making my rounds in Western PA talking about how the Bears are going to beat this uh, beat the Steelers for the last couple months. So God willing, oh, they are able to go into go into Pittsburgh uh, to, to beat oh, the Steelers. Uh, but we're we're talking about the 2021 outlook, and so. That 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 brings up a question that I, I kind of presented on the Bear Debate last night, but we didn't have enough time to really get into it. And I, Alyssa, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because at the end of the year last year, the Bears front office, Ted Phillips, uh, George McCaskey, they said they had to see improvement. There had to be improvement. Now, this team was 8-8 eight and eight in the regular season last year and then lost in the first round of the playoffs. If they go 8-9 and nine this year and miss the playoffs – I don't see in any universe how that's considered improvement. So are the Bears front office actually going to be men of their word and say, we needed to see improvement. We didn't get improvement. We got to make changes. Or are they going to find an excuse for Matt Nagy again? Are they going to say, we had to put Justin in before we thought we had to. He wasn't ready. We had some growing pains, and we feel like we have the right plan to develop Justin Fields, and we need to go forward with the plan that we agreed with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Are they going to go back on what they said by basically mandating improvement? And, man- and you know, improvement's a very subjective term. <laughs> but uh, is there a possibility here where they miss the playoffs after making it last year, and they still bring everyone back? That's the fear, right? Because they have not been able to make the right decision, even in the middle of that six-game losing streak. They always seem to find excuses. Oh, yeah, they lost six in a row, but you know, then they won. What was it, four in a row or whatever? And the offense kind of they're, like, they're always yeah. trying to find excuses. And like the fear also is when he drafted when they drafted Justin Fields. 
Fields is going to be like, okay, well, we need a couple of years with him to develop him. And Aldo and I were talking about it before the show about how when you're talking improvement, that's going to fall on Justin Fields. And is Justin Fields improving? Is he being hurt by Matt Nagy? Or is he developing? Can you know? Can we stick with Nagy for another year? Or is or is he such a detriment to Fields' de- uh, development that we need to get rid of him and move on? Which I think everyone's hoping it's the latter. But then at the same time, you see Fields, and he's such a special talent that he's someone that can overcome some of that that bad coaching and that that offense. And we're gonna we've seen him improve every week. And it's hard not to imagine he's not going to keep on doing that. And eventually he's going to have this Bears offense looking much better than it should have if we had, you know, we're going with Andy Dalton or Nick Foles or anything like that. So, I mean, I think it ultimately comes down to to Justin Fields, but my gut is still telling me that this franchise, they're going to find excuses, right? Because they're such nice guys and they just want to, you know, keep that that winning culture, right? Because, you know, when you're finishing eight and nine or, you know, losing in the first round of the playoffs or finishing 500, that's winning culture, right? Yeah, uh, I'm so tired of hearing about. I hope that Justin Fields can play can uh, pl- play well despite the coach. I'm so tired of hearing that. Although, uh, what is what? I guess what is improvement for you? And do you think that this regime, if they do miss the playoffs, is back in 2022? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's really hard for me to define improvement because at this point, there's two different things going on here, right? You want to see the team improve and get to the playoffs and win games. Chubbs just said it in the chat room, you know, that's really how you should be defining it. And and John, you've been preaching this for, for years. You're tired of the status quo. So from that standpoint, yeah, improvement is definitely getting into the playoffs and at least getting to the conference championship or the semifinal, winning a playoff game. Secondly, the other issue is that because you've now inserted a franchise quarterback, a new quarterback, you know there's going to be growing pains. And so you can almost excuse if it wasn't Pace and Nagy, you could almost excuse them not making the playoffs, but re- retaining those guys if they we see the type of improvement in Justin Fields that we all desire and need and want and deserve. But the yeah. issue, too, is that this is really, you know, we keep talking about, will Pace be back next year? It's really Nagy because at this point, they're joined at the hip. And so, you know, they're not going to get rid of Nagy and keep pace. They're not going to get rid of pace and keep Nagy. They're joined at the hip. And so there there are so many concerning things, like the $30 million in deferred salary that the Bears have to pay for guys who are either not going to be on the team or, or it's just making it more difficult to find quality free agents at the same time that you've traded draft assets to recover from the mistakes that you've made in the past, like drafting a Mitchell Trubisky and not having him develop to his talents. So it's a it's it's complicated, but the bottom line is this. If we don't see the type of improvement that the fans are excited about and behind, I think Pace and Nagy are gone next season. And I and I would agree with you. My my issue is they they keep spending and constructing the roster like it's a win now team. Outside of the rookie quarterback, they're putting things together like we just need another piece and we are a Super Bowl contender. Yes, let's extend this. Yeah, let's kick some money down. Let's kick the can down the road for another couple years with deferred payments. Let's let's keep Jimmy Graham on the. Let's keep Jimmy Graham in there for a, a roster spot. They're there's they're talk they're constructing this team like they're gonna make a Super Bowl run. 
But in reality, they're much closer to being a rebuild. So I, I think that the one way, one part of the team's going this way, the other part of the team's going this way, and you have no idea what direction they're actually going in. Are they are they trying to get younger and rebuild for one or two years, or are they saying, "Hey guys, we're all in. We went out and we got Jimmy Graham. We re-signed Danny Trevathan. We did. We bring it. We're bringing all the veterans back. We're bringing the band back. But for what? <laughs> and so if you're if you're if if progress is developing your rookie quarterback. Then why the hell are you spending so much money on veterans? Mm. <laughs> and and if the if the objective is to win right now, then you're not doing that, and that's not improvement either. Right. So I, I I think that there's there's I don't know how they can twist it to say this team has improved. I just don't see how you can possibly sell this just big basket of bullcrap to the fans at the end of the season and say, hey, we improved. We got to bring these guys back. Look, we. Where, where, why? <laughs> Allen Robinson's taken a huge step back this year. You can't just blame Justin Fields for that. Uh, he's played with much worse quarterbacks and had better production. Uh, the, so uh, Cole Komet, although had a good game last week, hasn't exactly played to where you hoped he would be at at this point. Although that was a nice, that was a nice step forward. He got a little more involved in the game last week. That was nice to see. Uh, but I, I just don't see how you can really. How you justify improvement if you're the if you're the front office and you say you know what they did exactly what we hope they do this year which is what and I'm speaking as if they're I'm I'm you know hypothetically talking as if they go eight and nine and they miss the playoffs which is what I'm kind of predicting uh, but if they don't if they do make the playoffs then you can almost guarantee that Nagy will be back uh, but if they don't miss the play if they don't make the playoffs I just I'm tr- I'm waiting to hear what the word soup is is to say that, oh, guys, this and that and, you know, collaboration and, and determination and all this other Asians that they got to throw in there that, 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 to try to make people uh, to get excited about the same damn team that has been underperforming for four years. So I, 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 don't, I just don't I don't know. I, I can't I can't see it. I can't see it. And I'm getting, I'm getting angry, angrier as I talk. So I'm just going to I'm going to bring it. I'm going to dial it back just a little bit. Well, uh, and that, that word soup that you talk about, all three of us are writers, so we can all, you know, open up our thesauruses and and w- w- find out what the synonyms are for progress. Because already in a Chicago Tribune article, uh, Brad Biggs got a, a, a in his Q and A mailbag column, he got a uh, a question from somebody about, you know, Matt Nagy seems to be using the word progress a lot. Is that because he's trying to convince the McCaskies that, you know, he deserves to be around and so forth. So let's pay attention now to words like forward movement. We're, we're advancing, we're progressing, we're making headway, we're developing. Uh, you know, if, if Matt Nagy starts using those words words like that in the press conferences, we know exactly what's going on. He is he feels like he's out the door and he's making verbal dog whistles to save his job. <laughs> speak so. it into speak it into existence, <laughs> Matt. Just speak it into existence. You know, you know, you don't have to be. You don't have to win to be good. You don't have to win for to to improve. But that's so right. I mean, Not with the I want, well, yeah, well, that's the thing though. Like the the bar is set so low that Matt Nagy's like, I don't know if I need to even got to win to keep coming back. Like what? I, they have a different. They have a different barometer for progress than everyone else apparently does it's not yeah. it's not winning and losing it's it's you know are you a nice guy and then do you do you like having the guy over for your family yeah and so they're, they're, they're just fun dudes to have around but mm-hmm. uh let's talk a little bit more in the short term because i i i was the one that basically just threw them under there's no way they can win this game against tampa bay um 
although, and unless uh, you you kind of feel the same way, so although I, I hate turning to you to be the beacon of hope, but is is there any uh, is there any, any opportunity here for the Bears to actually pull the upset because they did beat the Buccaneers last year? One could argue that the Buccaneers are better this year than they were last year. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, you know, I, I will always hold out hope. And I will always, even if we're trailing in the fourth quarter, in the middle of the fourth quarter by two scores, I'm always going to hold out hope. Now, you know, is it a realistic hope? At this point, it's hard for me to find that. But, you know, hopefully we we will see improved offensive line play. I, we will see improved play uh, a blocking by the tackles you know the one of the big matchups this week as espn pointed out in their nfl live this week is shaquille um, barnett versus justin peters the left tackle you've got that outside edge rusher is who is the type of guy that gives justin peters fits he is speed and explosive he is sort of like a miles garrett so we need Peters to have one of his best games of the season and we need to scheme appropriately to chip this guy and not have the same game plan that we have for Green Bay. So controlling the line of scrimmage scrimmage is always a recipe for a good first step to victory, right? And so there is, I do believe that the Bears have the brain trust to make those changes to protect Justin Fields and give him time to get rid of the ball. And I also believe that they can master a short passing game to control the ball and move the ball downfield. One interesting article that I read regarding the the Packers is that they – have the second longest time at the at the line of scrimmage in calling hut. So they had very few series and gave the Bears, I think, only three series in the second half. And, and the Bears scored a touchdown on one of them. So hopefully the Bucks will allow the Bears to play offense a little bit, and hopefully the Bears can score some more points. But part of the reason we only had four t- 14 points is because we didn't have the ball that often, you know, so hopefully we'll get some more series. We can get the Brady out uh, and, and have some momentum. Another last point against the Packers on Sunday, we go out that great after a good defensive uh, stop, we get the ball and Justin Fields moves the offense and we're up seven to nothing. What happens in the next series, the Packers are three and out. Now the bears have a tremendous opportunity to go 14 to nothing. What happens? That phantom no call. The, the it was a no call on that holding, and Fields is running the the uh, the, the crazy drill and throws it up for uh, a Rob, and it's an interception. So instead of us being up ten to nothing, or maybe even fourteen to nothing, we're down seven to nothing, and that could have been the turning point of the game. So we need to avoid those kinds of mistakes, those kinds of errors, because we always shoot ourselves in the foot. And this team is not good enough to survive that. Well, that kind of well, thanks, thanks for that pep talk there, Aldo. Uh, that's, about, that's about, about as, about as, about as I good as I still feel much is. better. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I feel great. <laughs> everybody, everybody, go ahead and grab your playoff tickets now. Uh, <laughs> I failed again. But anyway. <laughs> Before it's pretty we, bad before, when you can't convince us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> before, before, before we close out this just 
bucket of positivity. I want to say that I think, honestly, just watch because I'm trying to think how how Tom Brady is going to be as petty as possible if he throws four touchdowns. Just yeah. wait, it's coming. Those oh, four God. Are coming. I didn't even think like he, what he did, like he did last year, thinking it was fourth down. Wait until wait until he throws the fourth touchdown. He's going to be looking at the screen like, oh, is four is that four? Four? Oh, four. Okay, yeah, just be ready. It's, it's it's coming. Yeah. Also, good. if he wasn't a if he did, if he wasn't going to do that, and he, now he's watching. Okay, Tom, make sure you give the phone fifty five a shout out for that. <laughs> I, right. I, I know he's I know he's a fan, so I know that he's watching. Uh, so Tom, you can just go ahead and cut me a check for that idea. Appreciate it. That, that uh, was a great idea. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but before we get out of here, I just want to remind everybody to check out all of the Bears programming here on the Barroom Network, not just Buffon 55, but the Bear debate between myself and Tyler Ellis. We had a great show last night breaking down 10 big topics surrounding the Chicago Bears. It gets heated, combative, all in good fun. Also, make sure you check out Danny Shimon's uh, show, uh, Bear Truth, where he breaks down some of the video, what the Bears did right, what the Bears did wrong. Of course, we got Mike North always talking. He's a bit, he's he's never short of words to talk about the Chicago Bears. Greg Gabriel, of course, on Mondays, always giving his input on it. Former uh, former scout, Chicago Chicago Bears, of course, Bear football directly after the game. Your post game show directly after the Bears Bucks game. We're gonna be we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be giving you some raw emotions one way or the other. So that's always a fun time. Aldo Gandia, myself, and Tyler Ellis on that show. Alyssa. Give us some parting thoughts and let us know what's going on over there at Bears Wire and all of the wires that you're you're in charge of all of the wires. You are all of the wires. <laughs> and region of the wires. Yeah. You are you're the region of the wires you have complete control of. So tell us about the wires. <laughs> Well, first, make sure that you stay informed about all the great things happening here at the Barroom Network uh, by following us on social media at Barroom Network, whether that's on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you can catch uh, my work over at BearsWire.com, uh, part of USA Today Sports, and we have a wire for pretty much anything, right? Like, we have, obviously, for all 32, actually, technically 33 wire sites, so if, I don't know, unless you, if you're a Bucks fan, tuning in. Go over to buckswire.com. Uh, we have NBA wires. We got college wires. We got you covered. I wish I could take over Buckswire and just, you know, kind of write, oh, the, the Bears have defeated the Buccaneers. Like, I mean, it would be real. Um, but be written for the onion. That would be an onion. <laughs> no, the onion, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I like I'm sorry. I I I took I cut you out of your rhythm there. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> Any other? Yeah, wow. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm glad. glad Don't forget glad to call me over at the onion. No, that's fake. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> glad, glad we can go out on a on a high note there. Always always finish strong. Always leave them wanting more. But uh, let's hope the Bears are more organized than us on Sunday. We we are the epitome of the Bears. We are a Bears podcast. We are off the rails. A lot of defense, not much offense, but, but, <laughs> but people watch anyway, so it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, like I always say, whether it's your first time listening to this or your fifty-fifth time, we appreciate each and every one of you. Whether you're in the you're in the chat room or you're listening to the audio version, the video version, you're downloading this later. We appreciate you hanging out with us, talking the Bears. But that will do it for this edition of Buffone Fifty Five for Aldo Gandhi and Alyssa Barbieri. I'm John Buffone. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye-bye.